1: Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our first special postseason episode where we review round 33 and talk about the 2017 Bracket Challenge. Uh, this episode is brought to you by but the number 46, both the number of goals scored on decision day and a number two more than Jay scored in a double game week. Uh, um, no, sorry. Actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And for the first podcast, postseason podcast, I'm joined by Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you fellas doing tonight?
0: Doing well, doing well, Reed. Uh, pretty good.
1: Glad to have you guys on. Uh, thought it would be fun to have a little show after Decision Day to talk about some of what's going on and how games continue. There's there's some fun things. We also have some prizes. Um, so we're going to cover round 33. We're going to talk about the r slash fantasy MLS MVP results that our good friend, older goaler, put out in a, in a survey. Of course, we're going to talk about our predictions for the bracket challenge. And we're going to mention the winners of the r slash fantasy MLS, the Patreon head-to-head leagues. And um, I mean, you know, all that fun stuff that goes on. So, the first thing, though, I want everyone to know perhaps you thought that this was our special 2017 fantasy roundtable recap episode. No. Clearly it's not, but I'm happy to say that that is being planned as we speak, figuring out how many people we want to have. There'll be question threads posted at Reddit. We'll go to Twitter to collect questions and get feedback about what you all feel about this 2017 season. The goal for that is going to be in early November, kind of between the semi and the conference final games of the Cup. We're going to try to have someone from MLS with us again this year. It's been Ben Baer in the past going to see if he's available. Maybe have him, maybe not. But regardless, we're going to find out what you all thought and what some of the most common guests on MLS Fantasy Insider thought about the changes for the 2017 game and what we hope happens in 2018. Now, guys, let's talk about round 33. How did your teams do?
0: Mine did okay, mostly because I was able to – or was smart enough to captain Ladero instead of Valeri, which is, I think, the <laughs> only reason I did um, better than a lot of people – um, I mean, the this, I had also had a bunch of Seattle defenders and that worked out well. But I had a whole bunch of midfielders who did diddly squat. Uh, Rusnak, Valeri, um, who else was in here? Yako, uh, um, and Piatti. yeah. So, I mean, I had Via, I had Martinez, so they did pretty well. But uh, yeah, I was really just captaining Ladero, got me to 100 points. Uh, I will finish 122nd overall, which um, isn't what I wanted, but is my best um, ever, so I can't be too upset. And I finish with 119.8 total value, so just a little short of 120, but still, that, that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of dough that I'm going to miss next year. <laughs> what
2: about you, Blaine? Oh, Mike, you edged me out by one-tenth of a, of a dollar there. I had 119.7. Boom. You
0: got served, Blaine.
2: Yeah, but uh, I'm happy with my 96 this round. It's kind of bittersweet. Um, made a couple of interesting moves late that really paid off, but lost a couple of head-to-head games, so mostly Green Arrows, but lost a few finals, which hurt. Um, I did not captain Ladero and still got my 96, so I'm really happy with that. Late transfers to get rid of Rusnak and Dempsey, hallelujah, there. And I brought in uh, Wondolowski and Via for their two goals apiece, nice. so I ran a three-forward set with Sapong. And that really paid off oh, for the final round. We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, so 96 and then finish 64th overall, which is a personal best. I was hoping to just break top 100 and finishing top 75 really did seal it for me this year. That's great.
1: Um, I got, sorry that didn't sound very genuine. I think those are great scores. Um <laughs> Uh, I got 114, so I was pretty pleased with this last round. I felt that I kind of dropped the ball a little bit in uh, 31 and 32, so I was happy to get 114. Uh, like Mike, I also captained Ladero, and that was 44 of those points right there. Also went heavy on the Seattle defense with Jones, Torres, and Fry. Um, and then I benefited from Villa and Wando up top and Morales back in my midfield. Everybody else, could have been better. I had uh, a Yako as well, who for the best thing that he did in that fantasy round was for about ten minutes he had the credit for Wando's goal. So that was that was I was okay either way um, with those points. Valeri got two. I brought in Piotti at the last minute. Uh, that did not work out at all. It really for New England did not work out at all or for uh, yes, yes for New England for Montreal did not work out at all for them and then I had Silva for RSL at the back line and I was really hoping for that clean sheet which did not happen at the very end but um, you know 114 it was, it was a, a great season a great way to end the round uh, almost all green arrows except for the MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon head to head league and giant red arrow right there thanks guys um but I, I did I did re- really well I finished 69th overall so back in the top 100 which eluded me last season my ending value was 121.3 and um 604 total transfers this year so that would have been a lot of negatives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for the yeah. next episode. So yeah, great great scores guys uh I saw a lot of great scores on Twitter. So the great job, everyone, this this entire season. Let's talk about round thirty-three, though, guys. Forty-six goals, only two clean sheets, tons of PKs, or several, a couple of red cards. The classic hashtag because MLS. I feel like just just all all sorts of crazy. Let's start. Uh, I just took this in the order that it was displayed at the fantasy website. Atlanta versus Toronto. Uh, I can only imagine, Mike, that those late hero- heroics from Geo really uh, saved you a massive heart attack.
0: Yeah, it it definitely helped out. Whenever I saw, you know, the the announcers kind of mentioned, "Up, oh, we have a good update from Atlanta. Y'all will like it." I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> you know, it's nice to to have the results going your way for a change. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I expected Toronto to give them a fight. Uh, I'm glad they ended up with the draw, since especially we needed it. Um and I I just don't understand how Giovinco is so good at free kicks and is an MLS. Like it seems ah. like someone else should just be like, hey, even if you're not good at anything else, like you should just take free kicks because I mean it's just spot on the money. There was nothing Guzon or anyone else could have done with that free kick that, that he scored. It it's just it just blows my mind. I don't think there's anyone in the league that I'm more scared to see take a free kick against my team than Giovinco. I
1: couldn't agree more. It was, it was amazing. Uh, kind of back and forth. A good come from behind as well for Toronto to get that uh, new record for most points earned in a single season. So, uh, fantastic yes. for Toronto.
0: V- very nice of them to get that record. It, yes, very
1: nice. You were you were very pleased with that for your New York side.
0: I, I was really quite pleased.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, DC versus the New York Red Bulls. Hashtag Last Call at RFK. Uh, I loved all the pictures that came out there, any of you guys who are listeners or fans of DC United who listen to this podcast, um, sorry to see you guys leaving, great that you're getting a new place, and that was just some great fanfare, I think, I love the TIFOs, love the spirit, heard about the interviews, um, saw saw some of those little tongue-in-cheek prizes with with the little raccoon dolls, but um, that was just a great thing a great thing that I thought you all did for your team, and that they did back to you, so... Uh, congrats for that. Not, not the best result. I know there were some controversial, just uh, decisions during this game. But what we knew would happen on the fantasy side was New York did rest their players as expected, and so they still got some stuff done later on. Which um, I think that's going to play into what we talk about with our deci- with our. I keep wanting to call it Decision Day, with our bracket challenge uh, coming up. Next, Montreal-New England, as we talked about before. Uh, Not the best game for Montreal, uh, but New England did get its first away win on the last day when nothing was to play for.
0: Better late than never.
1: Better late than (laughs) never. Uh, I, I read the article that Matt Doyle put up and he talked about Montreal and just said, here was this great team in 2016 who came back in 2017 and just nothing worked. And it was kind of impressive maybe in some way that it, it failed that much. I don't, I don't know if that's what you usually want to talk about, but um, definitely I think a strange season for what we would have expected from Montreal. Do you all agree?
2: Yeah, definitely a big letdown for them. Um, defense just wasn't there. Like it was in 2016 either. And I think yeah. that was the big difference with this team. Uh, but one massive highlight from that game uh Patrice Bernier is retired now, Yeah, and that was his final home sendoff. Uh, Piotti gave up the penalty kick to Bernier just to get him out of there on, in style. And Bernier's family was actually ringing the bell that day. So he got they got a chance to ring the bell for him, too, on his way out.
0: I mean, I, I know heard a lot of
2: fantasy scores. <laughs> I was sitting there going, why didn't Piotti take it? And had I remembered it was Bernier's last game, I would have dropped Piotti so fast because there's no way you – Take a 37 year old to play in his final game for his hometown and not let him take a penalty if you get it. Yeah, no, I, I did forget about that uh, to mention it. Uh, and when I was talking about Piotti, um,
1: I saw that happen. I had tuned into the Montreal game as games were going into halftime, and I got to see him take that PK and see his family ring the bell. And uh, yeah, that was high class, high class.
0: Yeah, it's a shame they didn't let uh, Bilo. Um ring the bell, too, you know, afterwards, since it was his last game, too. Oh. <laughs>
1: well, that'll be for a, a show next year. Uh, Mike, I have a question for you. New York City versus Columbus. Which event gave you the stronger emotion, seeing Villa get a brace or watching him blow the hat trick on the PK?
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you for, for the PK, if y'all followed me on Twitter, you heard this story. I was watching with my oldest son uh, and <laughs> And he has this, like, tendency to be like, oh, that's so easy. And so David Villa lines up for the penalty kick, and he's like, oh, it's so easy to score. And the second he said it, I was like, no, the jinx, no. <laughs> and i like, I didn't get to Wood fast enough to knock on it before David Villa. It was, I mean, I'm glad he got, like, his terrible PK out now, but it's just like, no, I really hope this doesn't count.
1: Uh, so, Mike, what I take from that story is that your David via curse is genetic.
0: <laughs> it is. You know, all of my children had the ability to. Maybe like we've gotten back to the via curse now. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I did pick him on my team, and he got 12 points. So I don't know if it's still a curse. It's like a halfway curse.
1: Well, you know, I think that's the good and the bad that I was getting to is that he'd had a bit of a a struggle kind of getting back into form after he picked up that knock for Spain. New York had had some sputters as well at the end of the season. So, I mean, he got that brace. He's fallen back into his scoring form, ideally, when you want him to, but then he blows that PK.
2: Uh, that, that, That miss PK might be the motivation he needs to not miss again.
0: Oh, oh, he, there you go. he was he was ticked after the game if you saw it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'll say it, I, it that wasn't the best chance that he didn't score. I don't know if you've seen the Stefan save on David v's volley. um, if you see a save of the week competition this week, look it up. oh, wow, i I wasn't even mad. I was so impressed with the Stefan save. I mean arm's length, kind of at an awkward angle. Uh, I mean, it was incredible. so. Um, that that was the best chance, but I mean, as a New York City fan, I was like, all right, you know, at least we generated chances, we got the PK, you know, we had that great via chance that Stefan saved, and it just didn't work out this time. You know what? Get our bad luck out now because we didn't need it. We got the buy. See you this weekend.
1: Yeah, no, he's a fantastic keeper as well. Uh, moving on, Blaine, I'll let you chime in on this one in a second. Philadelphia versus Orlando. I will give Jason his props right now. Uh, half props right now. He said that he identified Philly as having a great chance at a clean sheet, and they almost had it. But that's not why we're talking about them right now. We're talking about them because they
2: scored six goals. (laughs) What? Blaine? Um, Wow. Uh, When that midfield is clicking, they can beat almost anybody in the league. Um CJ set up set his record for sixteen goals in a season, a personal best for him. Club record. But too. I think this is club oh wow, club record. Didn't realize that. Uh but I think this is more an indictment on just how bad Orlando is this year. Um we there were some good moments early in the season for their defense, but they just came off the rails and couldn't get it back together. I mean yikes. I was happy I took CJ this week. I figured something like this would happen. I'm (laughs) kind of upset he didn't get a couple more when you see six goals on the score sheet, but uh, I'll take his two. That last one was nice. Um, Should have earned a penalty there, too. That's on instant replay with Borg this week. Beautiful piece of skill, and the defender just runs right through him, and the ref doesn't see anything wrong with it you know so.
1: those things happen. Yeah, no, I agree. That was that was some great chemistry that was happening for Philadelphia there at the end. I think some of that we had hoped to see him and we saw a little bit at different points during the year of Philadelphia. So if they can keep that going into next season, I think there's some definitely good fantasy options that could come from from the Union. Uh, another high-scoring game, uh Dallas versus LA or we could call this Hello 2016 FC Dallas team. Where have you been? This this is the performance that we expect from – or at least I. this was the most surprising game for me. I, I'll be honest. I was running the fantasy Twitter account, and someone gave uh, – just was sort of rubbing in my face that I was saying no about a Dallas player. And I was like, they have done nothing for so long, and that player had done nothing for 15 weeks. What do you – and then this happens. Um <laughs> I mean, this is this is what we hope Dallas will be in 2016 because it's why they were such a great team and a great fantasy option uh, for for that year. So uh, I don't know what happened. It was too little, too late, though, because even if they had stayed even, well, they did say even. It. it was too little, too late because they stayed even with San Jose in points, but they did not have two wins. Uh, and that was the problem, because San Jose edged them out on wins, even though they have a minus 21 goal differential.
2: <laughs> um, I saw a stat somewhere that that was their first or second win since July 4th. I believe it. I believe it. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it was bad. I, I know Matt Doyle mentioned something on Twitter that he suspects that what happened is that a lot of those players wanted to be sold and then you know, sulked through the second half of the season when the transfer window closed. Mm. I don't know if that's the case, but, you know, for fantasy, if that happens, that means we're looking at a sell-off. We'll be seeing a lot of new faces uh, in Dallas next year. Which uh, could be good. I,
1: they've got a great youth academy.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got a great youth academy. I'd love to see, you know, you know, if we kind of have the youth movement um, in U.S. soccer now. I'd love to see more players get playing time, but, you know, could mean a lot of new faces to try to learn for fantasy but it could be some bargains, too.
1: Yeah. And on the win other win. side of this ball, uh, we have L.A. where Smith was almost a fantasy legend, almost uh, falling through that 3.0 uh, floor of <laughs> points. Uh, Mike and I were both thinking it would be great if he just played and got a red card and and ended up at 2.9 just, <laughs> just from yeah. an interesting point. But, you know, L.A. collapsed. That's that's what they've done all year. Uh, except breaking news from
2: Blaine. Let us know, Blaine, This this interesting L.A. stat you found out. So the number one overall MLS fantasy score happened to come out of the LA galaxy league this year. And he, I think he had a 25 point lead over the next best score in the game, which is a pretty big blowout yeah, for the top of the good. table. That's pretty good. So there you go, LA. You did get something out of
1: 2017. Congrats. Good job. Fantasy 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 representing. Uh, but yeah, no, this was all on Allison Drini, and I think next year where he is definitely going to be that that focal point. Though LeJet should be back as well, so that's going to help. But there'll be a lot of – I'll be interested to see what happens to LA over the offseason. Um, I'm interested yeah. to see how many keepers they bring in. <laughs> <laughs> all the keepers. LA gets all the keepers. Um, sorry Jason can't be here with us tonight because we all Salt Lake versus Sporting Kansas City. And Jason's boys did what they needed to do, but unfortunately so did everybody else who was trying to get sixth place in the West. And they just did not have enough to make it. Um, but they did a great job beating Sporting Kansas City. Sorry, Blaine. Um, we we kind of figured this would happen. And I think there's a lot to look forward to about RSL next year, not just from a soccer point of view, but from a fantasy point of view.
2: Oh, I hate RSL with the passion. <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> I. What they've done the second half of the season has been impressive. Thank you. Luis Silva up top was fantasy gold for me. He ended up on my draft team and in my roster a couple times throughout the uh, MLS uh, fantasy season, and he went off. I'm kicking myself for this one because I posted it right before the game that I said Silva's going to have more points than Russnack, and he did, and I still didn't bring him into my roster and that actually probably – that cost me a tie in two head-to-head leagues. Had I brought him in over Piotti, which was my my goal there, was my thought process, it would have been a tie in two leagues.
1: Yep. Would have, should have, could have. Not much to say, I think, really. Portland versus Vancouver, goals were scored both sides, uh, but at the end, the new king was crowned in Portland, as we all know at this point, is number one in the West. No goals from Diego Valeri, but I mean – that's okay. He's done so much this year, and I think if he had gotten a goal, it it would have, you know, I'm going to say sealed the deal of him getting MVP. But aren't any of us even thinking that he's not going to be the MVP? I think
0: no, I mean it sounds like everyone it wants to vote him. So I mean that's probably what it's going to be, even if I don't agree with it. But I, I won't. Oh,
1: who do you think?
0: I mean, I think it's David Villa. Okay, I, I think that? David Villa does more for his team than Diego Valeri
1: does. Do you think Portland is number one? Without Diego Valeri?
0: No, but I don't think anywhere in New York City is number two without Dodd Villa. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So, I mean, it. I think, I mean, like, it's it's hard to compare because they're so very good, and Diego Valeri is not undeserving. I just think that what David Villa does on both sides of the ball, what he gives you defensively, the effort, the leadership, I think is a little bit more than what Diego Valeri, so that's just why. I think, you know, Diego Valeri has had this good run, but he's had it in the West, which is a lot easier than what David um, V has Dave, done. Do
1: you think the MVP needs to come from the stronger conference?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in a year like this, you know, I, I think certainly uh, I, I would, it should help, um, you know, what David Villa's case. But I'm not going to complain because David Villa stole the MVP from Giovinco last year. So you, <laughs> know, you, you steal one, you lose one. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to complain. And that's not the trophy. I really want to see David via host.
1: Uh, So we go from top of the (laughs) West to the bottom of the West, San Jose versus Minnesota. Uh, San Jose just likes late game antics. I remember the first or second game of the season when I was banking hard on Sporting Kansas City to get a clean sheet. And in the 94th minute or something ridiculous, San Jose gets a goal and it's just like, of course, of course you did. Of course, hashtag because MLS. And that's what happened here. The 93rd minute winner uh, for San Jose, letting them keep, Sixth place, and as we said already, that minus 21 goal differential, and they are in the Cup playoff.
0: It's funny. I didn't even realize that it had gone down so late because I was so wrapped up in the New York City game. I'm just like, oh, let me check and see what happened in the West. Oh, okay, San Jose won. Yeah, that figures. And it wasn't like this morning when I was like watching highlights. Like, wait, that was the 93rd minute. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. It was. It was nuts. So I was in the
0: boring conference. You know, here I am (laughs) thinking like, yeah, do you think a late winner, huge differential? Oh no, no one
1: cares. (laughs) But on the other hand, I mean, it was great to see Minnesota get a couple of goals in that game. That's that's good for them i know they started out so horrible but they've they've gotten pieces together now which this is just i mean it's it's the expansion season this is what we can expect atlanta has performed well above the curve but i think this is more of a traditional expansion first year that we've seen trying to figure out what's going on they started to get some pieces into place and i think minnesota is going to have uh, some good things coming in 2018
0: Yeah, without a DP and considering it was like a month before the season where they have like three players on their squad. Um, What they've done is really the most remarkable story in MLS, not to take anything away from Atlanta, but their turnaround in such a short time is to me amazing. If you had said at the end of March, like, yeah, Minnesota won't be the last place team, we would have all thought you were crazy. So, (laughs)
2: um,
0: I I mean, it's just – Incredible. I mean, they, they gave San Jose a fight. They, they played spoiler down this stretch. They, their results are sprinkled in. I mean, they, they took out uh, Atlanta, you know, that's the reason Atlanta's playing a game this week is because Atlanta couldn't get the draw or win. Um, you know, they took out uh, Montreal in a home game, which is probably the game that got bilo fire- fired and pretty much sealed the deal for, for Montreal. Uh, they, they played a lot of big, important spoiler type games and they performed really, really well. So hopefully with an offseason where they can get some DPs, I, I think Minnesota could really contend for a playoff spot next year.
1: Ooh, ooh, uh, a big guarantee right there. I I don't know if contend
0: for a playoff spot is a guarantee. We'll get to, like, my guarantee later. (laughs) I mean, I did predict the exact seeding of these playoffs, you know, this past week. Um, You know, so obviously I'm, like, a prophet. So we'll we'll get to my guarantee coming up.
1: We'll get there. Okay. Uh, Seattle versus Colorado. Uh, of course, Clint Dempsey does Clinton Dempsey things because, I mean, Seattle said who needs 11 men anyway to beat Colorado, and uh, <laughs> they didn't. They, they did it with 10, 3-0. Goal, Will Bruin, one of my favorite players of this fantasy season, So, uh, and the cash cow for fantasy points for Mike and myself. And I must say uh, that red card was deserved, too.
0: yeah Yeah. just a little bit no no Um,
2: he'll be lucky he'll be lucky not to get an extra game tacked on his antics after that clapping in the ref's face thinking about kicking the ball out of the stadium i mean (laughs) I, i i i mean seriously when you get right down to it the only thing that would keep him from missing two games here is them not wanting to take him out of the home playoff match in leg two no. But there is a very real possibility that he will miss the entire home and away series.
0: Good. Wait, Blaine, if they're not gonna take away a point from Dallas for playing a blatantly ineligible <laughs> player, they are not suspending Clem Dempsey any more than they have to. I would okay. be surprised if they rescinded the red card. You kidding me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. I won't get bitter. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but since you brought up the point, Mike, <laughs> you realize if San Jose had not scored that last goal. Dallas would have made the playoffs yep. based on that point that didn't get taken away.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's why I was like, well, thank God for Wando, you know, yeah, Wando, you know, bringing justice wherever he can, you know, I mean, but you see, you know, Wando gave that little kid a Pulisic's jersey. He was the messenger, you know, the kid, who <laughs> you know, that good karma, you know, was able to beat Dallas. I mean, but, I mean, let's be honest. No one wanted to see Dallas in the playoffs. They didn't deserve it. I mean, with their pathetic play, at least San Jose's fun. They'll probably give up like ten goals, you know, you know, especially if they advance past this first round. I'll at least be entertained. You know, Dallas is just utterly ugly to watch. I mean, I don't think even Dallas fans wanted them to advance. I mean, if we asked Phil if he really wanted to watch his Dallas team one more time, he would have said no.
1: <laughs> we'll have to do that and find out <laughs> Phil, Phil listens regularly he's, he's loyal he'll, he'll tweet us when, when he hears this and gives us this answer good job final game Houston versus Chicago which I think is the most surprising clean sheet result uh not because of, of Houston because they, they've been pretty decent at home but Chicago's not been that bad on the road that you wouldn't have thought last game when they're on an uptick of form they might not get at least one in Houston but nope nothing so uh I saw a few people they had some Houston defenders, so congrats to you. But they were not on my radar at all. What about you guys?
0: No, but I I think this was one of those where Chicago was looking at the scores and was like, "Yeah, we can't do anything. We're not getting a buy." So.
1: <laughs> take it easy, guys. Just we're gonna take it easy. Just, just you know, it is what it is.
0: Save up, I mean, because especially because they're like, "Well, they're probably playing the Red Bulls," so. They're resting.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting game indeed. Uh, So that was round 33. It was fantastic. I was running the fantasy Twitter account, and when 46 – I missed the Clint Dempsey red card and had to go back and watch it because I was just trying to keep up with 46 goals. That was quite a task. Uh, Thanks for everyone who shared that night with me on Twitter. It was was a blast and uh, had fun with you all, all all night. and But please do give a shout out to Andrew Winner and and Jason and Skylar Redpath as well because they also run that fantasy Twitter account and people put in, they did a lot more work than I did with it this season. and um, But it's it's a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Well, anything else you guys want to mention about round 33 before we go to our housekeeping slash MVP presentation?
0: I, I want to call someone out for being very, very dirty. I want to call out Cigar Chowdhury who Uh um, were in the league for one of the podcasts, um, the Blue City Radio podcast, and they had tweeted out a picture of the league standings before the last game. Well, he's like, well, you know what? I have a higher score than the number one player, so I'm going to join that league. So he joins the league at the last week of the season to try to get the prize. That is so dirty and cheap. So whoever (laughs) you are, you should feel bad about yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Ooh, viciousness. Was this a head-to-head league?
0: No, it was an overall league, which is why he was able to sneak in. Because, like, I looked at my when and after after the games, I was like, "Wait, I have a red arrow! I had like a seventy point lead. How did I lose this league? Because I was the one overall. Like, everyone in the league has a red arrow. Because this guy with 34, thirty four eighty seven, he's probably one of the top, you know." Fifty players like join the league whenever he saw.
1: All right, I let's get a man. hashtag going and, and get get Mike's number one back. So,
0: <laughs> I'm Keep I'm pretty there. sure the guys the guys know because we had a conversation with the like, <laughs>
1: Pretty
0: sure he won't get that prize
1: back. <laughs> uh, vicious, vicious. <laughs> but you know, fantasy is serious work. Well, now let's get on to the housekeeping slash MVP presentation. First, a little bit of interesting news. Uh, Jason has gotten a new job, and he is out getting some training right now up in Michigan, I believe, and while he was out, he went to watch Decision Day and told us that um, he sits down at the bar or restaurant that he's at, requests that a soccer game gets put on the TV, and his waiter says, oh, you like soccer? And he's like, yeah, I do this podcast, and I write these articles, and I do this stuff, and he's like, wait, you do? I love soccer. He's like, yeah, I play fantasy. He goes, I play fantasy too, and I listen to your podcast. So... (laughs) Small world. And uh, what was his name, Blaine, you thought you remembered? Uh, I think he said,
2: uh, Jason said in the chat, it's Joe. 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 So restaurant Adam Joe. In uh, in Jay- Michigan. That's <laughs> <laughs> hi.
0: We love yeah. you, guy, maybe named Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
1: get your, if we mess up your name, we'll get it right when Jay comes back on. But uh, that was awesome. And uh, I hope Jay responded with, oh, hello, friend, when that happened. So <laughs> it would only be appropriate. <laughs> MVP, here we go, r slash fantasy MVP presentation, r slash uh, fantasy MLS, I should say, the great subreddit community, uh, this was put together by our friend Older Goaler, and it was based on total number of votes that players received, and we had 100 votes total, so thanks so much for everyone who voted, uh, we determined the formation based on this, and we have a 4-3-3 formation for our MVP squad, the keeper with 54 votes is Malia, uh, No, no argument there, Defenders, we have Gonzalez Perez with 57, Opara with 39, Jones with 35, and Moro with 32. Solid names there. Uh, Valeri, Almiron, and Vasquez make up the midfield with 80, 43, and 42 votes between, uh, for themselves. And uh, then at forward, we have Villa with 66, Martinez with 50, and Nikolic with 50 as well. So um, that's a pretty solid squad. What, do you guys have any qualms with that? I mean, I I can't complain with that squad. Uh, For the 4-3-3 formation, that's good. Some interesting notes that older goaler gave to me. Uh, Of course, we saw the most votes for a single player was Valeri with 80, the MVP. Sorry, Mike. Um, The cheapest player with a high number of votes was actually a goalkeeper, and that was Cropper, who is only 3.8 million, and he got 14 votes, which just shows you how much Malia just ran away with that goalkeeper right there. Uh, Morrow just edged out both Piatti and Lee Win, uh, who were tied at 30 votes to make it onto the team. Then Martinez crushed Vialba in the voting, and despite Vialba playing, um, despite Martinez playing 1,200 minutes less than Vialba, and Vialba scoring roughly 50 points more, um, it was just just no contest. 50 to six is what ended up being uh, as far as their votes for for forward right there Josie and Geo combined their total votes were fewer than what Vasquez got 23 votes to 42 votes so that was just I think uh, as older Gullard put it he's the new man in Toronto and that's his team so I, I trust him. Uh, guys who are on the rise Guzan and Yoshi they had a, a pretty fair number of votes despite only being in the in the season for just a, a partial. And uh, so he believes that those are players to keep a lookout for next year. And I think that is definitely for sure with Yoshi, though I'm pretty sure he's going to be appropriately marked as a midfielder in 2018. Then, of course, we need to give an honorable mention to uh, our favorite player, only four votes, only four votes, but certainly a valuable MLS part of uh, fantasy history, uh, Smith from LA, who almost (laughs) fell under that 3.0 threshold. So. (laughs) <laughs> Four votes for the for the MVP team, and I think that's probably why. And I get it. I mean, if you needed to save as much money as you could to put into into your attacking players, you got Smith, and you just hope that he didn't play because sometimes he didn't just screwed your whole thing up.
0: Look, if, if you're talking about a player who has never done something in fantasy before, that's what Smith did. You know, all these like Valeri and V and Martinez, like, oh, we just scored a lot of points, and, you know, we helped you advance rankings. Like, who cares? Like, Smith is like, Absolutely dependable. If he starts, he is losing you points. <laughs> <and press. laughs> he he is too much money. Incredible. You got Smith exactly. Like I think he's probably responsible for all of us like not hitting one twenty <laughs> because we all like buried Smith, thinking like he can't possibly get more minutes because he's not any good. But he kept getting minutes and kept getting red cards and like five goals scored against him.
1: Mm, I mean, it was it yeah. was incredible. Um,
0: he is a trailblazer.
1: So also from older goaler, he ran the MLS fantasy kids league, which if you don't pay attention to what happens on r slash fantasy MLS early in the season, uh, he runs a league that's just for kids. And it's for parents who want to help get their kids involved in MLS and just share that excitement with them. And he let me know that two of the kids from the kids league scored over 3000 points this year. And, uh, the first one, Uh, The first one is the team, the Atomic Ant Army from Eli, and he had 3,235 fantasy points. And the second place person who had uh, 3,177 points had his team name of Shamrock SC, and it was uh, Cormac. Older Guller gave a little note here that uh, Cormac was really... uh, pushing for that number one spot for most of the year, but he missed a couple of the rare Tuesday deadline days, and that's what really got him at the end. So congrats, guys, for making that uh, just 3,000-point mark in Fantasy. Very good. And if you're an adult and did not make the 3,000-point mark, don't feel bad because, well, I don't know, maybe you can. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these things happen. But yeah, congrats, kids. Uh, yeah, get involved that Kids League if you want to. It'll be on r slash fantasy MLS again. Uh, when the season starts and older goaler runs it, he's a great guy. Uh, surveys for MLS Fantasy Insider and MLS Fantasy Boss, please, please, please take them. Uh, the Fantasy Insider one is already out, the Fantasy Boss one will come out soon. They will be posted on Reddit. Uh, it's just what we use to help figure out what we can change and tweak to make what we do easier for you. Uh, and of course, also over at Patreon, thank you so much, guys, for everything you've done this season. You will have your own survey as well that's going to come out to find out what we can change. But I just got to thank Sherry Snyder, Winston Messer, Jason Morris, Ted Firestone, Josh Lewis, Alex Bruni, Phil Luchford, uh, Rustin Robinson, Tim Shaw, Calvin, Michael Denton, Shane Goodwin, uh, R. Doodle Doo, Mick Lothrop, Lathrop, Lathrop, uh, sorry, Christopher Gelke, Ulysses Lima, Matthew Kinsley, Graham. Uh, Leshuki, uh, you've you know you've made it big when you have your name mispronounced by one of us on the Fantasy Insider podcast. Uh, MC fun. Football, Shine Spark, Justin Tripp, Mr. Fremble, Richard Prangle, uh, Saquib Rokadia, Jessup Gage, Hickory33, Matt Littman, Tyler Bartles, Parker Cleveland, Mark Medal, <laughs> Jake, Adam Alcock, Alex Carey, and Carlo Garbagnati. So, thank you, everyone who is a current donor and uh, did donate and it's it's been so great having you. We're going to keep doing more things in the off season. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to try to rework some of the prizes to make them what I hope just more rewarding. I just want to do what you guys find um, is worthwhile, but you're going to be getting some exclusive first looks at the 2018 Fantasy Primer from MLSFantasyBoss.com over the off-season. So that is something, if you do choose to keep donating, uh, you will have access to that content before anybody else does. Um, but thank you so much. If you want to find out what we're all about, go to Patreon.com slash MLS Fantasy Insider. So head over there.
0: Brie, do you think next year instead of like cool swag, like scarves and you know cups and, and glasses, that we should instead just like a different levels, like a names that number of times that we'll just mispronounce your name?
1: Maybe we could do something like that. I uh, mean, if that's what
0: you want, you, we will mention your name on the show and men- and not really mention your name, but something that sounds like your name if someone who's illiterate was trying to pronounce your name. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so donate to Patreon.
1: <laughs> yeah, like we could talk about. uh uh, Gisu Gaji, if, if we wanted to, so uh, you know, that's some that's cool. of what you could earn by donating to Patreon. So, check it out, thank you so much, guys. And just because it feels weird, Mike, do you have any injuries for
0: us? Um, uh, not really, um, too many big ones. Um, De La Garza for Houston is, um, he left for crutches, so he looks like he's going to be a doubtful going into the game. Um, kind of some big ones to watch out, Schweinsteiger. Uh, Not sure if he's going to be come back. Cheneau for New York City is saying he's back, but he hasn't played yet. Um, Same with Schweinsteiger. So we'll see. Uh, Although this is playoff time, so now you know the little incentive that MLS teams had to be forthcoming about injuries is now absolutely gone. So not too much. However, we do have discipline report. We mentioned Clint Dempsey. A number of people think he should get additional games. Uh, We'll see what MLS uh, actually decides to do. And we have for the first time, our first confirmed absences for 2018. So, yes, if you're already starting to plan what your 2018 fantasy roster looks like, we have two absences for you. That is going to be Acosta of DC, who is suspended for a red card, which will carry over into 2018. And we will have Axel Hoyberry, our MVP from last year. He will be suspended for a red card for uh the first game of next season. Uh the only other injury news that I see is Kyoto. He kind of pulled up after I think he scored. I can't remember if he scored or, or got the assist. Uh kind of holding his Pam string. He tweeted out something that says he's not it's not serious. So um that'll be some good news for Houston if that's in fact the case. So uh we will see. That game is Thursday night. So um we'll see if uh Houston can be healthy to play sporting Kansas City for the third time in a month. And that's it.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. You know, I just had to have you say something because it felt <coughs> weird to not end that segment without you doing that. Yeah. Okay, so now moving on to the bracket challenge. I hope this may have been what a lot of you all came to hear. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out already, 2017, it's back, the MLS fantasy bracket challenge. So it's sorry, it's not a fantasy game, it's just the MLS bracket challenge. Uh, it's like fantasy, though, because you're still picking your teams and guessing who's going to go all the way. You can win some prizes, it's pretty fun. Um, I like it, I don't remember how well I did last year, but I still like it, and we have a league, not necessarily for the podcast, but for the other projects that we have going on in conjunction, so it's the MLS Fantasy Boss plus r slash Fantasy MLS League, it's free to join, free to play, it's fun, Uh, no prizes from us, but it's just, you know, it's the community you're a part of, so feel free to come in and join and, and talk smack about what's going on over at r slash fantasy MLS. Look it up right now. It's lots lots of fun happening. And we're going to tell you how we think it's all going to go down. So specifically, we're going to mention the knockout round. And then we're just going to quickly touch on everything after that. And we'll make our cup predictions to see who's going to win. And at the end of all of it, I'll keep this piece of paper. And we'll let you know how right we were. And you can brag about how right you were and how wrong we were at that time. So Mike, kick us off. What do you think is going to go down?
0: Okay, well, this is where I I made a guarantee. Uh, A few weeks ago, I guaranteed that Atlanta was going to finish fourth, which they have done, and that they were going to lose in the knockout round, which they're about to do. I have the Columbus crew advancing. That's my one upset, most because everyone else is picking Atlanta, like, oh, yeah, they're going through, they're going through, they're going through. I think Columbus is really strong, and people haven't noticed not only how well Columbus have played, but the good results that they've been getting against good teams. Atlanta on the other hand, they've played three playoff games, excuse me three playoff teams since July 4th and have only gotten draws against all of them. So I think Atlanta is due for an upset here for Chicago and New York Red Bulls. I don't think Dax McCarty is going to let the Red Bulls beat him so especially in Chicago. so I think that uh, Chicago playing at home is gonna get a um, is gonna get get a win. Uh, then on the western side, I think uh, Houston at home, I just don't think that supporting Kansas City has shown me enough on the road. Um, specifically, I don't think they have enough offensive firepower. Uh, I get why they traded Dom Dwyer, but the fact is without Dom, their team is worse. Uh, Blessing and Rubio are have not been good enough to replace Dom yet, and I think on the road that's just going to mean they have another early knockout. So I have Houston advancing. And then I think Vancouver at home, um, even though San Jose got a 1-1 draw against them a few weeks ago, I think Vancouver probably should have gotten the win, and I think especially over you know 120 minutes if it does draw, I think Vancouver at home is, is going to edge that one out. So that's what I have for the knockout round. I have Vancouver, Chicago, uh, Columbus, and uh, Houston.
2: Okay. Blaine? Yeah. <clears throat> I'll just run through them in order. Um, I really think that Chicago Red Bulls game is going to come down to home field advantage. Uh, both teams have a pretty solid defense, but it's largely been solid at home on the road. It's been a little suspect. I know New York rested their players looking forward to this game, but I really do just like Chicago and Nikolic is still a force to be reckoned with um, a com, There's no way they said a com at this point in the season. I just I really think they're gonna squeak this one out, but this one definitely could be a toss-up game and could trip up a lot of fans playing bracket challenge. Um, This is probably going to be one of your best matchups of the round, honestly. Um, Vancouver with Jordy Reyna out there has just turned the team around. I've had fun watching him play this last part of the season. Um, I love San Jose. The uh, the Goonies coming back. It's just. There's so much magic there, but I think Vancouver is just the better team overall. Um, can't really bet against them at this point. But Mike, I'm re- I'm with you right here. I think Columbus has a great shot to go in and get the upset this round. Um, Whoa, I thought I was going like,
0: to by myself on that one. <laughs>
2: you know, uh, no, um, it, it what I think this one's going to come down to is does the Columbus defense make a monumental mistake like they've done a few times this season? With, uh, with Mensa, I know there's been some talk of him being one of the worst um, big name acquisitions in league history at times. But as long as the defense holds together, I think there's a pretty good shot for this one. I think you've got a lot more experience on that team that knows how to get through some of this playoffs. And I just, I really do like Columbus in this matchup. I think uh going to come in a little too cocky and the fans are going to uh the fans are gonna be there, but if things start going south, I think the fans will turn it's just they're gonna it's gonna bring the atmosphere down in the whole building so i I'm, I'm right there with you. It's Columbus on this one
0: yeah, I think Atlanta spent too much energy trying to get the buy that they didn't end up getting I mean there's been really no rotation to speak of other than you know a few people missing for injuries and suspensions so i I think I don't know how much energy Atlanta has for a mid another midweek game.
2: Yeah, they've had a lot of games this last stretch, too, so their legs have got to be going there as well.
0: And plus, I think we all want to see a Columbus home game, and the only way that happens is if Atlanta loses. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> well, I think Columbus would host an MLS Cup final if they make it that far, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, the top five teams in the East would host MLS Cup final. The only team in the East that wouldn't would be the Red Bulls. <laughs> and, I mean, think I know. I, there's no doubt, you know. Yeah,
2: um, and I know there's a lot of drama in Columbus, and all I want to say on that right here is, Columbus fans, get out there and pack that stadium. Um, you've got an owner that's looking to move the team. Show them you want them to keep it there. And then so, I'll move on to the. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna, I was going to do my picks after, I was,
2: but oh, I've got one more game. Sorry. <clears throat> I um, Houston and Sporting. <laughs> this, i uh, I think Houston speed's just gonna run Sporting off the ball on the in the attack. That's what they did the last game when they won that one, and that was just it's too much. And it, Sporting's expected goals. I mean, they should be able to beat anybody in the league with their expected goals, but they're just not going in. And unless they can figure that out here in the next couple of days, uh, season's over.
1: All right. Well, you know, I think I'm – I guess I'm the one who doesn't agree with all that this time. So I'll just top from bottom. Um, I I think Vancouver is going to win over San Jose, Uh, even though San Jose is on a bit of an upswing. um, They did give up two goals to Minnesota, and that was at home, and it's not encouraging for me. So now that they're back on the road, they—that's where they've struggled. They were three twelve and two on the road this year. So, so I think Vancouver can pull this off. They're not—they're in the middle of the pack as far as scoring and conceding goes. So we could see goals both way. But I think back at home in Vancouver, that this is where they're going to win, and they're going to move on to the next round. Houston oversporting Kansas City. I agree with that one, Blaine. Um, I think it's going to be a beast of a match. And by beast of a match, I don't mean tune into this game no matter what you're doing. I mean,
2: it's going to be just a, a slog. Um, um, over, under on uh, two and a half red cards? <laughs> 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 i go under for that one. But, I mean,
1: yeah, it's going to be that kind of a game. It's just going to be a rough game. So if that's the kind of game you like, then sure, check it out. Uh, but Houston's got the third best scoring home offense in the league. Uh, so that's, that's a lot – contend with, um, and Sporting Kansas City has only managed two road wins this entire season, and in fact, the goal that they scored this past Sunday was the 10th score, the 10th goal on the road that they made, so that's what they needed just to break into double digits. Um, I don't think that bodes well for them, and I think Houston's going to get this one. Uh, I think that we're going to have the upset be Red Bulls over Chicago, and I think this was the toughest game for me. I went back and forth so many times because of home field, because of what the red bulls had, had struggled with, but, and because of what Chicago was coming up in form, but the red bulls have also been coming up in form as well. In their previous two meetings this season, the first one ended two one for New York. And that was at New York. And the second one ended in one, one draw at Chicago. So I think that, the form is swinging in the way of the Red Bulls. They rested more of their players as well, and I think that this is going to be the upset, even with Dax, which he'll probably have a fantastic game, um, but I, I think this is what's going to do him. I do think Atlanta is going to beat Columbus as well. Uh, and, I th- and I think this is the game to watch. Of of this entire round, I mean, maybe the the Chicago New York one is really close too, but I think this will be the game to watch. I agree, Mike. That Columbus has been knocking off some really good teams, and they've been on a great run the second half of the season. Uh, but Atlanta has still been a beast at home, even though with those draws, they've still been a beast at home. And in their previous two me- meetings, Atlanta has been the better in those matches as well. I just I just think they have too many tools at their disposal for Columbus to be able to to knock them off in this in this round if they do lose though um I think we can point straight at how they were run ragged in all of these (laughs) double game weeks that ended the season but I I feel like they'll be able to do it that being said I don't think they're going to go all the way but Mike let us know how you think the rest of the bracket's going to play out and who your cup champion will be
0: okay so i because of my picks i have toronto playing columbus uh i would expect toronto to to win that one uh toronto handled columbus um pretty easily in the regular season i I don't see enough for reason for that to change Uh, then i have new york city against chicago um new york city won and drew uh in chicago in their two matches Uh, i think new york city is better than chicago so i have uh new york city beating them and then um Yeah, it's probably a homer pick, but you know what? I think Ring, (laughs) Herrera and Maxi Morales, when they're healthy, is the best midfield in MLS. So I think New York City upsets Toronto to move on to MLS Cup final. Um, In the West, I have um, Houston upsetting Portland. Um, My thinking there is that Houston, with a home game in that first one, is going to be able to take advantage of it and get out to a good lead, and then Portland trying to go back to Portland, trying to catch up and make up ground, is going to expose themselves to Houston's counterattack. And so I think Houston's going to pull the upset there. Um, I just don't think Portland has a good enough defense to go too far. I have Vancouver against Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle's defense um, wins the day for them, Uh, even if Seattle is missing Dempsey and um, Jordan Morris or both of the legs. I think Will Bruin and Ladero is enough. It actually might actually be better, you know, just having Ladero with the team to himself and and having options uh, like Will Bruin. I I think that's enough to get past Vancouver. Um, And so then I have Houston versus Seattle in the Western Cup. Western Conference Championship. I think Seattle repeats his Western Conference Championship. I think there's just uh, not enough consistency out of Houston to be able to break down um, Seattle's defense. So I have Seattle uh, and New York City in my MLS Cup Championship. And, you know, I have uh, the boys in blue winning it in Yankee Stadium, in part because of the home field advantage that they'll have. So I have New York City picking to win it all. I'm probably a homer. Come at me.
2: Yeah. Um, like you said i've got chicago advancing and columbus advancing um i agree with mike on this one that toronto's taking care of columbus um i like columbus right now but toronto just has too many weapons to get by him um especially over chicago- two legs yeah over two legs definitely um i think I really do think uh, Chicago New York is going to be a good si- uh, good series. I think Chicago will, will probably get at least a draw in the home leg, uh, but New York City still got too many weapons, too much midfield presence to really get through that. Leaving the big one-two matchup in the Eastern Conference Final, and the way I wrote this one out, um, I've picked four goals in this game in the bracket challenge, and a two-two draw. And I think this one's either going to go to extra time or or it's going to go to extra time and possibly to penalties on this one. And I would take Toronto in penalties, just gut feeling there. So I've got Toronto going to the final. And then coming out of the West, uh, Houston over Kansas City is your easier one. Um, Vancouver over San Jose, like I said. I do think Portland takes care of business against Houston. I know Houston's strong, but Portland's defense has come back a little bit. This last part of the season, I've been surprised by some of their fantasy scores that I've seen. Awesome power. And my, yeah, and kicking myself that I didn't take a few of them at different times. Um, and I just think Houston's had too many important games down the stretch. I think they're just going to run out of gas before this one's over, even with the forward rotation. Um, Vancouver and Seattle's an interesting one, and knowing that Dempsey's out really changes it. Um, Seeing what happens with Dempsey if there's an extra game suspension may make a huge difference. But I'm picking Vancouver to upset Seattle in this one. I just think that first leg is going to be huge. No Dempsey. Vancouver's got the weapons to get it done. They've got some young kids who are fearless right now. Um, I like seeing them take it to Seattle. And then Western Conference Final, um, I've got Vancouver taking it to Portland as well in that one. I, just, I think it's Cascadia revenge right there. And Vancouver's just I, – I like the way the team plays right now. I know Portland and Seattle are probably the better teams, but just gut feeling I'm going with Vancouver. And so you get an all-Canadian MLS Cup final, and uh, Vancouver doesn't stand a chance against Toronto if it ends up that way.
1: <laughs> Ouch. Oh, uh, for mine, I think uh, Portland is going to beat Houston, and then I think Seattle is going to beat Vancouver to set up a classic Castadia battle for the West. Um, on Back in the East, I think uh, the New York teams are both going to bow out during the semis, and we're going to end up with a round 33 rematch of Toronto versus Atlanta for the East. Sorry, Mike. And I think MLS is going to come down again to Toronto versus Seattle but that this time Toronto will win and that they'll score some goals. So that's, that's where I think it's all going to come down. I don't think we'll have uh, shootouts and that might be the, the most risky prediction of all, but I think there'll be a lot of goals in those two conference championship games, but I think we're looking at a final maybe something along the lines of like two one. I don't know if that will be that, that big just for those who may be interested um, over at 538, they have New York City, Toronto, Seattle, and Portland making the semifinals. Uh, and then they have the chance to win the conference. They have that going to Seattle and Toronto. And uh, the chance to win MLS Cup goes down to Toronto with a 27% chance to win MLS Cup right now. So... Um, that's what they've got over at 5:38. That's what we've got right here. Some variation, which is fun, and we'll see what happens. Let us know who you think is going to take the cup, and let us see your brackets on Twitter. Hit us up right there. It'll be a fun time. So, finally, the league prize winners. This is what we have. Uh, first, the R slash Fantasy MLS League. These are just the preliminary winners because I'm going to go through my list again. One condition I put for winning this league was that you had to sign up on a Google Doc that I have posted over at r slash fantasy MLS and give me your contact information because I'm done with trying to track down everyone and guess your Twitter names and guess your emails and send out these messages. So you, there's a little bit of work I need you all to do. So. Uh, I'm going to check it one more time before I send out the first notifications for my winners and see if they're going to get these prizes. Um, the prizes at this point, uh, I was going to do scarves and jerseys kind of like in the past, but I'm thinking I may look at MLS gift cards this time. It's going to be easier. Shipping's going to be easier as well, and you can get whatever you want with that money. The exact denominations will come out after we've gotten the winners. Preliminary winners, though. Alex Bruni, fifth place. Jeff Jones, 6th place, and Kevin Allwell, 11th place. So if you guys are above those numbers and you're listening to this now, you have a very short time to sign up onto the Google Doc that's over at r slash fantasy MLS to be eligible to win one of these gift card prizes. But right now, those are the preliminary top three for the r slash fantasy MLS league. So congrats, guys. It's been a great season. Over for the Patreon Head-to-Head League, uh, the final game came down to Mr. Frumble versus Stan Pasalkins. Paskinis. Paskinis? Paskikins. We're testing out that new award that might about. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stan. <laughs> so it came down to Mr. Frumble versus Stan. And Mr. Frumble won 91-85. to 85, A really close match right there. Mr. Frumble, you get uh, MLS Fantasy Insider prize pack which means you're going to get a pint glass an MLS fantasy insider scarf and what else meh we'll probably give you another sticker to add to the one you already have but you get that great prize from us for doing that Stan did not forget about you you are also going to get a scarf because they're awesome and because I'm such a nice guy RJ Gage you finished number one in our table before the playoffs so you're getting a scarf too (laughs) there we go man uh congrats for that heard that you were a little bummed about uh, your results at the end from a little bird here but uh, i'd already decided that you're going to get a scarf before that was going to happen so that's what we're going to try to do in the future get some scarves out get some more swag out let us know though uh, how you like the swag and we'll see what we can do and of course the last league i'm going to highlight before we wrap up everything the hosts head-to-head league uh andrew Crawlard beat our own blaine right here 102 to 96 and it all came down to Colorado, didn't it?
2: Blame. Yeah, it did. Baji hits, um, puts it in the net instead of off the post. Andrew loses, what, fifteen points, I think, um, on defense. He had Fry in goal, and he had Jovan Jones listed as his captain for this round, giving him the double clean sheet <laughs> bonus right there. Unbelievable pick.
1: There we go. Uh, I think that does go to show everyone that the true MVP of this fantasy season was The Post. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Uh, thank you, Blaine and Mike, for being with me here tonight. Uh, near the beginning, uh, beginning or first part of November, we're going to have our recap roundtable where we talk about everything that uh, happened this year and for the rule changes and what we hope happens for next year. So keep a lookout for that episode. Keep a lookout for the notifications for sending us your questions and your thoughts, uh, because it's going to be great. It's all for you. Thank you so much, guys. Anything else, Blaine or Mike, you all have going on?
0: Uh, No, just uh, already starting planning for next year. Hopefully we'll have some stuff to announce uh, next year, but uh, yeah, appreciate the support uh, for MLS injury news. Uh, You know, you know, keep keep sending it out because I, I keep uh, the account active throughout the playoffs. So if you keep seeing it, keep sending it to me.
2: Blaine, and uh, nothing really new for me. Gonna buckle down for the winter and come back in the spring ready to go. All right, and I'll be having some articles at
1: MLS Fantasy Boss to talk about the surveys and as well as some of the ELO predictions and power rankings throughout the entire playoffs. So check those out if you want a few more bits of information before deciding on your Bracket Challenge team. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone, and good luck.